probability that one or more team members may be infected by intruder organism. 75%. If intruder organism reaches civilized areas, entire world population infected 27,000 hours from first contact. Welcome back to The Thing Minute Podcast, where we discuss John Carpenter's 1982 science fiction horror masterpiece, The Thing, one minute at a time. I'm Harper W. Harris from harperwharris.com, and joining me again today is... Katie Mello. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming back. Thank you. It's been a, it's been a quiet week here at the camp, although we've had... We've, <laughs> you've had two minutes and two deaths of major characters, so <laughs> maybe not that quiet, but sound-wise, it's been pretty quiet. I but, know. Uh, I've had more, more deaths than speaking lines. <laughs> that is true. You've probably, you, I think maybe, uh, you know, looking at minute by minute, you've probably got the highest death to minute ratio uh, <laughs> probably of any week we've done so far. Um, nice. Yeah. So you can, uh, you can keep that one. That's, a, that's your no prize for this. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about minute 98, which uh, begins with Mac walking down that hallway where, uh, where Nalls and Gary disappeared and then ends a minute later with, uh, with the glorious Blair thing making its appearance and roaring. So definitely some, some big stuff happens in, in between those, uh, those two brackets there. So when we start the minute, it's another, it's very kind of quiet and eerie. And he's basically, Max just going to investigate, you know, what happened to these guys that have been, you know, they, they were kind of setting the explosives. But, you know, I get the sense that this basement's really big, but maybe it's not so big that, you know, he should be able to see them looking down that hallway. Um, mm. So, you know, he's looking down there and doesn't see anything, doesn't hear anything. And I love that shot of it's it's just super quiet. And then he just lights his lighter, um, like almost like it, when you first see it, it's like he thinks it's almost like he thinks that's going to light the way and he can see what he's doing. Um, mm. Like it's this little bitty light in the darkness. Uh, but it's definitely this kind of creepy moment. And then you see that he's lighting up his explosive like he's read, ready to like, you know, <laughs> you know, at that point, I think he knows that Nalls and Gary are gone and he's just ready mm-hmm. to blow the place up. But, you know, I wonder what is he actually planning to do with that one explosive like is he just going to throw it down there and then that's going to light everything else and he's going to somehow get out of there in time or like i don't know what his plan of attack really is here <laughs> yes yeah, so they're laying all the cord and that would only go off with the plunger yeah, yeah so what do, what is he doing with... is I that like know. a last ditch if he gets attacked he'll hold on to it and blow both of them up yeah maybe so that's um yeah in the script there's a lot of like a lot of talk of them. They actually, Matt gives out um, sodium cyanide capsules oh, to nice. everybody, which is like super dark. That's um, so World War II. <laughs> yeah, really it is. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe that is what he's doing. Maybe it's just like, hey, if this thing's about to get me too, like I'm not going to give it the satisfaction kind of thing. Oh, you know, bad on me. In the last minute, uh, I had read on Wikipedia that it said that Nalls killed himself real quick. Is what it said, which I thought was BS. That's why I didn't even say. Interesting, it. yeah. I, I but, wonder where that comes from. But I was like, well, he didn't have a gun, or I just thought it was so dumb that I didn't even say it. But maybe he had a cyanide capsule. <laughs> well, yeah. So actually, this since we got a, a whole lot to talk about uh, in this minute, this might be a good point to just go ahead and bring up real quick while we're while we're talking about that. Uh, in the script, this this is where Nalls would die, but it's very different. Um, 
in in the script, he basically his leg is broken and he's running from this giant Blair monster that they just kind of electrocuted and that fell into their trap. Um, and he he hides in a bathroom stall trying to just get away from it. And uh, and the thing is like bursting into the bathroom and like talk about dark with the the cyanide capsules. Nalls tears a piece of wood off the wall, and as the thing breaks into the the bathroom stall, he slices his own throat with with a piece of wood. It's oh. <laughs> just like, oh my god! <laughs> I wish he had a cyanide capsule. Yes, yeah, like, yeah. I think there's a there's a note somewhere earlier in the script, like he got like he had it in his mouth, ready to take it, and he got knocked out of his mouth or something. Uh. But uh, yeah, so like. I, oh my god! Like that, I can't even imagine, especially for a character like Nalls, who's been like kind yeah. of a light, lighthearted, like, like a young guy. Yeah, like roller skating and listen to oh. Stevie Wonder. Like, oh my god, that's awful. <laughs> no, he is a hundred percent hiding behind some crates over there. He's fine. Yeah. So thankfully, that's that is exactly what's happened. He's, and yeah, he's fine. We'll, Everything's fine. We'll uh, we'll go we'll go update <laughs> the uh, Wikipedia. Uh, yes, know, please. This one. <laughs> to make make sure that's corrected. <laughs> Yeah, so back back to the actual movie here. He um so yeah, he just he lights up that uh that explosive and as he's looking down that hallway, it gets uh eerily quiet again. Like e- even the kind of sounds of the dripping and stuff sort of starts to go away. And then uh we get this this awesome effect of the the thing kind of like barreling towards him basically through the floorboard. Like the floorboard is like doing that kind of rippling effect uh like a wave coming towards him. Um, yeah, we were talking before we started recording about, uh, you know, how we, how we thought they did this one. So, okay. I don't know how they thought they did it. So my guess would be if, if someone asked me to make this effect, Mm -hmm. uh, I would have the whole set elevated by, I don't know, six or eight feet. And then I would drive a truck with like a pole or something sharp, like a cow catcher kind Mm -hmm. of a thing. I'd drive a truck towards him. And and therefore rip up the floorboards. How did they really do it? That's not too far off. It's not a truck, but uh, basically what they did is um, they've got they've got a train track or a dolly track laid under the floorboards, and then mm-hmm. on top of that they've got a um, I guess it's some kind of like cart, and then they put uh, a big like metal ball, like almost like a bowling ball, but bigger, I think. Oh, nice. And then, so that was like, you know, above the level of the floorboard. And then they, I guess they had it attached to some kind of winch or something. And they pulled it really, really fast uh, across that track. And the big ball would basically hit the floorboards in succession and throw them up. So you get that, that nice, nice, like wave effect. So Um, good. Live effects are so awesome. Yes. Agreed. Like this is something that would not look good CGI for sure. I mean, we could say that about like everything in this movie, (laughs) 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 but this one in particular, I think is a, is a great example of how like the physicality of it works so, so well. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's a great effect. And I love, we get that. There's like that shot right before it starts to happen. And I love that that like little door moves and creaks right before it, it starts to actually go through the the floor it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's one of those things that every time i rewatch this movie i'm like waiting for that to happen because i know that's when the floor is going to (laughs) start start ripping up um but it's such a great effect because uh you don't see the monster at all in that Mm -mm. in that sequence of the floorboards it's just something that gives you i mean it's an attack but it gives you a sense of how much bigger it is now too like you know every time we've seen it before it's like this kind of it's basically human sized like more or less um but here, this is something that's big and strong enough that it can like barrel through the floor towards you. Um, well, it's so nice to have that bit of quiet first too. Mm-hmm. Again, with the just stuff coming out, stuff coming at you. This one's so quiet, but it just 
you get so eager and it's not a jump scare. It's a like, Ooh, what's, you know, something's going to happen. What is it going to be? Yeah. Oh, ah, I didn't expect that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd love to go back. Uh, you know, I've said it a lot that I'd love to see this movie for the first time again. And this mm-hmm. is one of those things where like, yeah, you know, like you said, you know, something's about to jump out at him or attack him or something, but you really don't know ex- what's going to happen at all. So mm-hmm. it's a, it's a cool thing because you don't expect it to like, run towards him at full speed under the floor. Like that's probably the last thing you would expect. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So the floor is torn up and it's barreling towards him. I also wanted to mention that um, I like that basically they show the exact same shot, not the same shot, but the exact same uh, thing of the, the floor bursting up just from different angles, which is one of those kind of like old school film techniques. It's very like Russian editing kind of thing where you kind of show the same thing, the exact same thing from different angles. But it uh, it's really well edited because it plays super smoothly. Like it feels very much like it's in succession, even though like the mm. first, I think the first two or three shots of it are really just the exact same thing. The beginning of it, uh, the beginning of the floor ripping up just from different angles. But, I, um, but I think that's okay. Cause I think your brain needs time to process. Totally. And, and so seeing it from, you're like, what? And seeing it from different angles is okay. And and your brain under totally understands what is happening. Yeah, definitely. It, it is one of those things that, uh, it does happen. So it, if it was just that one shot of it coming towards him, you almost wouldn't really understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, to, to give you time and to kind of show it from different angles and everything kind of, you know, makes it work a little better for sure. But yeah, so speaking of, you know, us not knowing what's going on, clearly McCready was not prepared for that either. <laughs> and, um, you know, he kind of jumps out of the way at the last second and drops his explosive, of course, in classic uh, classic horror movie fashion, <laughs> what, whatever you've got on hand to attack the monster definitely has to get thrown out. And then we get we get the reason we uh, we're here today to talk about Yay! this minute um, stop motion. Yes, so we get the only <laughs> stop motion that's in this movie. So um, I uh, I'll let you take it away for a minute here. <laughs> okay. Well, I think there was talk of having more stop motion and then in the next minute tomorrow we'll talk about the more stop motion but i think it was a really good choice to not mix very much with the stop motion and the live action puppets uh because there's just such a different feel Mm -hmm. to stop motion to actual uh, puppets stuff that's on screen the lighting is different and the scale is different so these tentacles that burst up through the ground and reach up and grab stuff which also means and i'm sure that Everyone already knows this, but that they know things that the the thing knows what the people know, because now the thing knows that that is going to blow it up. So it better take it away so Mm -hmm. it doesn't get blown up. But those tentacles burst up. And then I think it's in this one. You can see Kurt Russell in the foreground on the left. And he's acting in front of a screen. I would imagine he's acting in front of a screen, whereas now he would be composited. Uh, But this is like um, in... (laughs) of all things dukes of hazard if they're driving or mm-hmm. battlestar galactica if there's um airplane you know any sort of space flight or even star wars where there's stars behind them they're in the cockpit and they're actually just in front of a movie screen and they're projecting that behind them so this kurt russell is actually there in front of a movie screen and they've already recorded these tentacles coming up and he's reacting to this movie screen and then they're filming that which is sort of if you yeah. can visualize that. Or is it uh, Kurt Russell? Oh, 
you know that's funny? Because in Indiana Jones, sometimes it's a stuntman. And when you know and you know to look, then you can totally see it. I didn't even I didn't even look at him because you're not looking at him. Yeah, totally. I, it's funny that you said that because I, I almost, I don't know that I even noticed that Kurt Russell was in this shot until I was watching this by the minute. <laughs> like, because you're so focused on these giant tentacles Absolutely. ripping out of the floor. <laughs> I wonder if, is it, now I want to go back and <laughs> is it even Kurt Russell? It could, it could be a lady, like, because you're not looking. Yeah, you can't really It could just really be tell. anybody. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, so this would be, stop. this is stop motion. Yay, stop motion. But <laughs> in this case, I do think that they were right to not use it very much. Um, it was my understanding that Rob Bottin wasn't sure that he would get this final monster finished in time. So they went ahead and activated a team of uh, stop motion special effects people to do this final effects sequence. And then Rob Bottin did get the monster finished, but they did go ahead and keep this tentacle part. So stop motion, just to give you a quick primer in case anyone doesn't know the difference. Um, Stop motion would be small puppets that are filmed. So when you watch a movie, it's played, you're actually watching still images that are just projected at 24 still images a second. So 24 frames a second and the camera opens, opens and closed, opens and closed. And the persistence of vision allows you to see this as a moving image. So in stop motion, you have a little object and you move it slightly. So one time, like tiny minute movement, and then you take a picture and you do 24 tiny movements. And that makes one second of film. Or you do two photos, and so you do 12 movements within 24 seconds, and that makes one second of film. And that's just uh, how smooth it's going to be or how much time you have or whatever. It's it's shooting on ones or shooting on twos. Very silly. Uh, So that's what this part is, is is these tentacles, which are a little puppet on a little stage that somebody made. And probably the stage is probably the size of a tabletop, maybe four by four. And the little tentacles you could probably hold in the palm of your hand. And they shoot up through the floor and reach out and grab the things and pull them back in. And that was done probably probably during filming, really. I mean, you know, months months ahead of time or yeah. or as they were filming in L.A. Probably. Um, and I looked up some of the people that had worked on it. Yeah. Uh, who Jim Apperly, James. Belvick, Randall William Cook, Susan Turner, and these guys, which I had always been curious. There's lots of sort of random stop motion that appears in movies in the 80s. That's a really, mm-hmm. that's a thing that happens. And it's a lot of these people. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> these are these people that were doing this. So like uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse, Beetlejuice, Flesh Gordon, not Flash Gordon, which is pretty <laughs> funny. I've actually only watched that. It's sort of pornography. I've only watched it because there was stop motion. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Sure. Uh, sure you did. <laughs> sure. <that's laughs> uh, the movie Caveman. Nightmare on Elm Street, The Gate, which if you haven't seen The Gate, if you like the thing, you'll like The Gate, I promise. (laughs) Gremlins 2, Robocop 2, like all these sort of 1980s movies where there's random stop-mo in it. Yeah. These are the people that were doing that, which is really cool because I didn't even know that. So I'm very excited to learn this. Yeah, that's super awesome. Yeah, because that was a whole thing. That's a thing that's like completely gone now. um, Oh, yeah. Where like. 
you know, and, and you're right. It was such an eighties thing where there'd be like, you know, a movie t- that would only have like one or two very small, you know, stop mm-hmm. motion sequences, like, you know, like uh, Empire Strikes Back with the um, the Tauntaun, you know, that runs mm-hmm. up. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and yeah, and Nightmare on Elm Street, those movies have a lot of it, like, peppered in, I, I would guess. Um, it yeah. seems like they do. But yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that it was a lot of these same people. Um, yeah. I, it's it's kind of cool just to think about this team that was kind of moving from movie to movie doing that at the time. Because it, it's such a time-consuming process, too, even for, like, a short short little bit like uh, like what we see here in The Thing. So for them to be kind of jumping between projects. Yeah, I like to think that in their their studio, they were probably, this miniature set was probably sitting next to uh, next to Hoth or something, you know? Oh, totally. <laughs> well, really Phil cool. Tippett did the, the yeah, Star yeah. Wars effects. That was, <laughs> but yeah, all these sort of smaller movies. Again, The Gate is one of these really cool stop motion. There's all these little creatures. There's a man and he falls backwards. And as he hits the ground, then he explodes into all these smaller creatures. It's, it's like one of these really cool, things that you see in old like cool special effects yeah it's from the gate this is something that they did so they were sort of i would say phil tippett which i see that um jim operly then later worked for phil tippett as a lighting director because it's such a small community doing this sort of thing but yeah i I thought it was really cool to get to know these people (laughs) through seeing what they've done and like oh i know i know all this stuff like that's great yeah and i'll i'll mention too that um People might remember from way back in like minute two, maybe even minute one of this movie, um, Susan Turner also did the UFO effect in the beginning of this movie. She built oh, the, nice. the miniature for that, which was a um, computer-assisted camera shot. But she built that UFO to scale and, and you know, did all the lights and all that cool stuff, too. Nice. Well, and yeah, so that, uh, the computer assisted camera shot, so that, the way that would work, we, we call it motion control. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the object, the spaceship would stay stationary and then the computer the excuse me the camera moves around it so the camera is actually moving but it's staying stationary so it's it goes near and it it moves around it it's frame by frame and that's how you get the feeling of the the model moving that's how all of star wars early star wars <laughs> was made yeah Speaking of all that early Star Wars, I just, um, so when people are listening to this, they will have already seen this newest Star Wars, The Last Jedi, I think it's called, mm-hmm. but there's a really cool Crystal Fox. Have you seen this video for this Crystal Fox that they've made? No, I haven't heard about there's, that. There's this great puppet. It's so beautiful. And <laughs> it's this just sort of promo thing. They made this Crystal crystal Fox and they show it and they show, oh, we made this amazing puppet. And then... They show, and here it is, all CG garbage oh. in the movie. <laughs> and I was really laughing, and we were looking at it at work, and we were laughing, and we were saying, well, why did they make this? And we're saying, well, it's because you don't want to watch a bunch of guys sitting around in front of a computer being like, here's my computer thing that I made. You want to actually <laughs> see, like, a cool thing, and then the cool thing can go around and, and you know be seen elsewhere. But that's just not how it's done anymore, which yeah. is such a shame. It'll be in a museum one day. It's like, here's the puppet that we use to model the CGI version exactly. of. Exactly. <laughs> and then in an earlier minute, you had someone who asked about these particular puppets from this uh, from this movie yeah. and what happened to them and, and where they might be. Uh, I have an answer for you. Ooh. Um, latex is 
made from tree resin. Oh boy, this is not going going to go well. No, it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a totally natural thing and it just completely just falls apart. It just rots as much as you don't want it to. So if you've ever found an old rubber band in the back of a drawer Mm -hmm. and you pull it and it just goes and just falls apart, that's what happens to all these puppets. And if you even silicone, now we use silicone and it just dries out and falls apart. And in a matter of like three years, it's such wow. a fast process. It's so surprising. And after 10 years, we have puppets that we, you know, you just touch them and they just, whoosh, they just, they just crumble and fall apart. And it's yeah. just so sad. Um, so because of these are made for function rather than longevity and they have to be soft and they have to move. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, even if someone loved them and even if someone wanted to take care of them, I'm fairly certain all these puppets are just, just have gone back to nature you shat- um, shattered all of our dreams. <laughs> I know. I was super lucky. Like one of the one of the coolest things I've ever done in my life. My husband worked on Robot Chicken, and they did some um, uh, Star Wars ones. Yeah, and that's awesome. Because of because of that, we got the opportunity to visit Skywalker Ranch, and we got to see the all the Star Wars stuff. Oh, wow! We got to see, oh my gosh, the coolest! Like oh, just amazing. But uh, like I remember Jabba the Hutt. I was like, look, it's Jabba the Hutt's eyes. Because that was all that was left. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> just foam latex. I've seen the pictures of like the Yoda puppet when they, I think they, oh, when they dug yeah. it back up to try and use it for the prequels. And it was, it's like horrifying. <laughs> yeah. And you just touch it. You hate to do it. And you just touch it and it just, uh, it just, just disappears. That's too bad. But it is. <laughs> glad that all this stuff was at least immortalized on film first. And, and hopefully in a lot of cases, that stuff is captured in good behind the scenes footage where you get to see, uh, and and photos and stuff too. Where you get to really kind of see what what kind of work went into it and all that. But it would be fun to see of, that. There was a line of toys, like action figures, maybe around the two thousands, um, that I have because <laughs> I'm a nerd. From this movie? Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, nice. I think it was like Scream Scream something. I should I should have had them in front of me. Uh and there was the head with the, the spider head mm-hmm. and then the dogs changing. Uh, there was two different ones, but yeah, they were pretty great. But that's mostly what survives now is stuff that's been recreated. Yeah. Or even if you have the molds, you can pull new stuff from the actual existing molds. But but all the real stuff for most of this stuff is gone. Yeah. Only only a Rob Bottin knows if he's got, he, he can recreate those molds. <laughs> I suspect he would be cashing in on it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Looking at his recent IMDb credits, I would be willing to bet he probably is. Uh, <laughs> if he had them, he'd probably be putting them up on eBay right now. <laughs> totally. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, we took, you mentioned that there's some, some stop motion stuff that didn't make it in the movie. So there's, I think there are five shots total. And this, this minute we get three of them. Um, wow. So uh, the and the only three that actually made it into the movie, which is so sad, considering these people spent months and months and months uh, working on this. Um, uh, some of the the trivia stuff that I had that I I just mostly just from watching the the special features on the Blu-ray and stuff. And they said the the miniature version of this basement was um it was built on a scale of two point five inches to one foot. Um, that so, sounds about right. Yeah, so still pretty large, I guess. Like. But yeah, looking at it, the only thing to me that like I don't I don't think watching this I really realized that it was miniature until I started you know researching for the podcast. But um, the the bottles, the Molotov cocktails, are the mm-hmm. only thing to me that stand out as like mm-hmm. you can kind of tell that they're not real, that they they seem smaller than they're supposed to be or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but, but otherwise only it looks if totally you just real. Really stop and look at it. yeah, it looks fine if you stop and really look at it. But otherwise it's totally fine. Yeah, they um 
they said that uh, Susan Turner, who built the, that whole set, she like went into the the real set and, you know, took all these photos and stuff because they were really trying to match like exactly the look of the cave and everything, which is really cool. And it's very impressive because it looks totally legit. Like I, I would yeah. never have guessed that if I didn't, you know, dig into it or watch it this closely. Yeah. Well, another thing with that is the lighting is such a giveaway and it's so difficult mm-hmm. to match that lighting. Yeah, I can imagine for sure. Just because it's such a different scale and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and especially in something like this too. We talked about it earlier in the week that the lighting is kind of constantly changing in this set too. Mm-hmm. That there's always like light swinging or there's like a fire kind of burning somewhere in the distance. And yeah, so I can imagine that was pretty tricky to pull off. Um, and I, I think the to me, the, the stop motion stuff that survives in the movie looks really good to me. Um, oh, I agree. I think it's beautiful. It, it, it To me, it totally stands up and doesn't distract from the movie. Um, you know, in tomorrow's minute, we can talk about the stuff that they cut and, and, you know, whether that was a good, good, good idea to take those out or not. But I think the stuff that survives works great. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So we get a, we get that first shot of just the tentacles kind of reaching up through that hole and pulling the detonator down. And then it's the same, it's the same shot, like nothing changes, but, uh, and this one looks like it's maybe composited over it. It looks kind of, it looks kind of strange. I'm not sure exactly what the effect is, but of the tentacle bursting up the giant tentacle bursting up through the, through the ground on the right side of the screen. Um, I think it was probably just done in miniature. And then again, there might be some foreground elements. So it may have been shot through as a shot as a screen. Yeah. It just which lo- gives it a weirdness. Yeah. It almost looks like there's like blending on the edges or something like they, I'm not sure, but it, that one looks not not out of place but it you like if you watch it frame by frame it looks a little different than the other one um mm-hmm. but it still looks great the tentacle actually i was i didn't even realize that one was stop motion ever because it looks it looks just like a practical you know real time effect um yeah. just this giant tentacle sticking out and then we get the reveal of the the actual blair monster <laughs> see i guess that technically there were three the three shots were the the, te- the tentacle coming up and grabbing the detonator the the explosion upwards and then the the big tentacle coming out of that hole, hmm. um, so which all work great, and I'm, I'm glad they're in the movie. I'm really glad that they didn't try and you know cut that out or or do it <laughs> pull a nulls and just have Blair show up. <laughs> oh uh, yeah, no, no, this is good. It was, and I I I see why they chose to stick with the puppets because stop motion can be a bit janky, um, but here it works great. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it works really, really well. And yeah, and tomorrow's we'll talk about the ones that they cut. But um, yeah, what, what they left in, I, I think, blends really well with the effect that we get. So yeah, after the stop motion stuff, we cut back to McCready. And I love it that he it's this kind of classic, another classic horror movie thing where he like does this look upwards, like to give you an idea of this uh, idea of the scale. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we cut back, we see the Blair monster in, in all of its glory with uh, its we basically see it like kind of from the chest up in this minute. So it's got like one human hand on one side and on the other side, it's got two, like, I don't know if it's hard to tell if they're like supposed to be like dog legs or spider legs or like these two kind of weird looking arms. And, mm, and, I had thought them of dog legs, but now that you said we've seen the spider legs and maybe it's met spiders before. So I like that. Yeah. Yeah. You can only really see like the hands for like a split second, just a couple frames before we kind of, cause it zooms in or pushes in really quickly. Uh, it's got these creepy looking long claws. Um, so yeah, he's, he's already like kind of uneven, like one side is still sort of human looking. And then of course that's really emphasized on the head where, <laughs> um, you know, the right side of its face is still 
uh, Wilford Brimley or, you know, a model of Wilford <laughs> Brimley. Uh, it's this old man. And then the left side of its face uh, is this giant, like, maw, this huge mouth, like, no, no eyes or nose or anything, like just a mouth, this huge mouth with teeth. And it, I love the fact that it's coming off the side instead of coming out the front. Like, it's just mm. so unnatural and gross and, and weird. <laughs> it's not just like, bla- it, you know, in a lot of movies now, like, you know, creature design is just like, it's a person, but the mouth is like, gets really big and it mm. like distorts. And, you know, this is like completely uh, it's unique. totally alien. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um and the fact that the mouth is not even like on the same plane of, you know, of 3D-ness that, <laughs> that, mm-hmm. uh, that the human part is, is just so creepy and cool looking. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a great, great effect. And we can talk more about the, this effect tomorrow too, because there's more of this as well, a lot more where we get the dog and everything, but um, basically the camera's pushing in and we hear the, there's a weird noise that is coming out of Blair's mouth first, like this weird, kind of like the bending scream that we hear earlier in the movie. Um, and then the big alien mouth opens up and starts to roar. And, and that's where, that's where our minute ends for today. Nice. Yeah. So pretty, pretty awesome. This is definitely one of the highlights of the movie for sure. It's, um, <laughs> we, we got the cool floor floorboard effect and then we get the stop motion stuff and then the, uh, the reveal of the Blair monster, which is pretty awesome. Um, you know, we see a little a bit more monster. of him tomorrow, but it, uh, it's a, it's a great monster. Yeah. It's a cool way to end the movie out. So, uh, I, we'd be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, we've got another case of Warlock Watch in this minute. Um, so we talked to, you know, we don't know who it is maybe that we're seeing looking over the shoulder of with the stop motion stuff. But um, just before that, when uh, when uh, McCready dives out of the way of the floorboards, that is definitely Dick Warlock. Oh, um, never occurred to me. Yeah. I never thought twice. Of course, that's Kurt Russell. Yeah, I know. So yeah, when he jumps and like like the first shot when the floorboards are still moving, it looks a lot like Kurt Russell. So that might still be him. But the shot where he actually like falls to the floor is definitely Dick Warlock. Nice. Um, I love movie magic. Yes, I know. It's kind of awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, and it's uh, this was when I was first taking notes for the movie. This was the first time I'd heard of Dick Warlock, and so I, I had no no idea what was to come. <laughs> so naive, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, so um, the only other note I had was that uh, as that's happening, there's still no music really at first uh, when this starts happening, but um, we get, uh, there's a this weird kind of like um, droning noise that starts to happen when right when Kurt Russell or McCready drops the uh, dynamite. And as a sound guy, this is always uh, was my favorite little piece of trivia from earlier in the movie that uh, they use it in the dog transformation too. It, it's actually an AC unit that they just slow down a lot. And it's this really creepy kind of low end drone mm. that they use for these kind of moments just to kind of like emphasize the tension. Um, nice. Yeah. So I love that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, we touched on the script and yeah, that, I think that was everything I, I had for this one. We get the, the reveal of the big monster. I'm good. Let's talk about the monster tomorrow. Yes. So yeah, tomorrow we get to go even more into it and we get some, some good, uh, get a classic one liner. <laughs> <laughs> so cool so um yeah i think that'll wrap up 98 but um make sure you check us out in itunes and if you haven't already you can subscribe there so you never miss an episode and if you like the show uh please rate and review us in itunes that makes a huge difference in helping people who love the thing find the podcast um so we've got uh we have a fair amount of people who've done that so far we really appreciate that and uh, if you haven't yet this is a great opportunity to go and do that because you know, we're almost done with the podcast, but it'll live on on iTunes forever and ever. Uh, you know, I'd love for more people to be able to check it out. So definitely do that if you haven't already. And um, 
most importantly, don't forget to come back tomorrow for another episode of The Thing Minute. The Thing Minute. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please go to thethingminute.com. There you'll find the show notes with links to anything we talked about on this episode and lots of other resources on The Thing. You can also find us on Twitter at The Thing Minute and on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Thing Minute. But most importantly, subscribe, rate, and review us in iTunes so you'll never miss an episode. Check out other podcasts like this at moviesbyminutes.com and be sure to head over to starwarsminute.com to listen to the team that started it all. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Harper signing out.